Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. of uh, the show right up through 11 o'clock where you get uh, marginal legal advice and of course uh, I have absolutely no case. Now I can't tell who's in the uh, newsroom because it's uh, uh, this morning. I can't see. It is Julie Slater but you have Michael Chappé or Chappé up there uh, written so just sharing. It's all right. Uh, I can't see the newsroom because of the reflection. Oh there you are Julie. I see a hand. Hello. Sort of waving up there. All right. Fair enough. All right. Right after the show at 11 o'clock, it is, uh, of course, Leo Laporte and Neil Saavedra from 2 to 5 o'clock with uh, the Fork Report. Fair enough. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have new case. And uh, I just love it. There's no question about it. All right. Now. Uh, I want to share a story with you. This is a brutal story. I don't usually just go straight into murders and uh, with really no legal implication or a legal angle to it. But this one is so bizarre uh, and so gruesome. I wanted to share this with you because we don't often get stories like this. And uh, for some crazy reason, I share them uh, with you. Go figure. I'll talk to my therapist about it. So there's a French nanny uh, was in prison, beaten, killed and thrown on a bonfire by her employers, who accused her of being in league with uh, the woman, that is, uh, the woman who hired the nanny, uh, because she is accused of the nanny being in the league with uh, the former pop star boyfriend that uh, the employer had. She was starved, mistreated, uh, assaulted, after she went to live with the couple in their home in London. Uh, she was confronted with, and this court, uh, do, this these this this language is out of the court uh, documents, outlandish allegations that she was in cahoots with that rock star. Uh, the uh, woman, uh, the prisoner, was uh, kept in the couple's home. Uh, it's, I mean, con- oh, just crazy, rambling complaints uh, that he accused her of through black magic. And uh, that's the former boyfriend, and it just goes on and on. I mean, it's so crazy. And they were nuts, this couple, absolutely for sure. Uh, Harrowing recordings uh, from the defendant's mobile homes talking about how they burned her body and how uh, it's all going up and they were going to hide it and no one was ever going to know. I mean, just crazy, horrible stuff. And the last days and hours of Sophie's life, must have been truly wretched, the prosecutor said. She suffered fractures to her sternum, ribs, jawbone while she was alive. The exact cause of death they didn't know. They couldn't figure out because uh, they had burnt her body in the backyard of their house, hoping no one would ever know. Uh, just what do you do with that? Anyway, uh, the trial continues, but um, 
they don't have the death penalty in uh, England, incidentally, but um, it'll be life imprisonment. And they don't have to do life imprisonment without parole like we have. Life imprisonment is life imprisonment. I mean, there it is. 20 years is 20 years. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, take some phone calls. All right, Bill. Uh, hello, Bill. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. First time, long time. Hey, um, I went and paid my rent, and I live in a mobile home park, and they're trying to scare me into signing a 10-year lease by saying that they can up my rent by 10% a year instead of the 35%. Uh, they, I'm sorry. Where's the 35%? I, I don't get it. Uh, explain well, well, no, that to I'm me. Not, I'm sorry. Not 35%. $35 every year they raise it. Uh, okay, uh, and they do that anyway. And under the lease, it would be thirty-five dollars a year, correct? No, I'm I'm on month to month. Well, They're they can raise the, they can raise the rent short of any kind of um, a uh, you know, rent control ordinance, which deals with uh, mobile homes. They can do it, Bill. So if it's so, it could be ten percent if I don't be. sign the lease. Yeah, it could be. It could be ten percent. It puts you in a precarious position. And that yeah. is, what do you do? You get to move your mobile home, which is a fortune. But then they have to get someone to bring their mobile home in. And uh, if if someone does their due diligence, they find out this guy keeps on jerking his rent all the time and people aren't going to move in. So it's a market issue. But the bottom line is they can raise the rent. And if they're asking for a 10-year lease and under the lease the rent goes up $35 a year, is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. I I. How much is the rent now? Uh, all together with the bills, eight hundred. Uh, so eight hundred. Uh, no, the actual rent, what you pay uh, is seven twenty-five. All right, what is thirty-five percent on seven twenty-five? Is that three percent? I have no. Let I me mean, think about that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, well, whatever the figure is, it seems pretty low. I don't think that's very high, and I would sign the ten-year lease. I mean, do you like uh, the mobile home park? Oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to die here. Uh, then, then pay the rent. I uh, pay the the, the the extra thirty-five and sign the damn lease. I mean, just look at the numbers. Really bizarre. What? By the way, uh, Blake, what is? Uh, I'm very bad at math. On seven hundred dollars, how much is thirty-five dollars? Is it five percent? Okay, even that is reasonable. Five percent increase in rent. That's not bad at all. I mean, I, I get a 5% increase in rent on my office, uh, that, and we have a long-term lease. All right. Carol. Hi, Carol. Welcome. Thank you. My father has a trust. He died last month. Everything has been taken care of except stock was not put in the trust. Will the portion of the pour-over will help with putting the stock in? In the trust? No, so stock doesn't sold? go in the trust. No, if the stock isn't in the trust and uh, your dad dies, that's it. The stock isn't in the trust. And that part has to go through a probate. How much money are we talking about in uh, stocks? 400000 That's enough. you got to open up a probate. Okay. And how, how many beneficiaries are there? Four. Yep, yep, you got to open up a probate. and uh, But you have a will there, correct? Correct. And who's the, uh, uh, the administrator of the will or the executor of the will? My brother in South Carolina. Okay, and do you trust him? Of course. All right, you're done. That's it. You're fine. Okay, All right, so no harm, no, no harm, no foul. But you're going to have to do a probate because uh, the trust doesn't own it. 
Got it. You, and you can't put anything into a trust after the uh, trust store, the guy who establishes the trust, dies. All right, Richard. Hi, Richard. Uh, you're up. Yeah, my grandpa had a trust, and he passed away. And I'm finding out now that I was named in it. And it, he passed away in October of last year. What do I do? How okay. You, all right. You, you know for a fact that you were named in the trust. My son is named in the trust, and he got a copy of the of the trust. And now I'm finding out that I'm named in it. All right. You have a copy of it. Your son made a copy for you. He does have the copy. Okay. Of it. And you have you have seen and you you have seen it, Richard. I have seen it. Okay, and uh, there you are as a beneficiary. And how much money, Richard, are we talking about? That the um, we're we're not talking about money. We're talking about uh, an antique motorcycle. Oh, all right. Uh, well, uh, you get to write a letter or call up the uh, trustee and say, uh, "Where's the motorcycle? Uh, you are in breach of your fiduciary duty, and you are looking at a lawsuit and some big." Let me add one more thing. The motorcycle in question was put in my name solely before my grandpa, my grandfather died. And my uncle wouldn't let me take it before he died. So I actually already own the motorcycle. Then it's been stolen. Had. Richard, it's been stolen. You call the police. Okay. You start with that. Now, there may be an issue where the police are going to say, nah, there was uh, a bailment there. And it's, uh, it really wasn't theft because they already had custody uh, of uh, the motorcycle. But you call the cops anyway. And okay. uh, you file a police report. Then you uh, call the uncle. You write a letter. And then how much is the uh, motorcycle worth? About $30,000. Oh, yeah. And then you get a nice letter from a lawyer saying, uh, you better turn the motorcycle over to my client. You have stolen the motorcycle. Is You are in breach of your fiduciary duty. And uh, we're going after you big time. Uh, and, there, and and by the way, there are some uh, there are some serious implications when a trustee uh, screws someone, doesn't inform someone, steals stuff. Very very big deal. It really is a lot of sanctions, and he's a sleazeball on top of that. This is handle on the law, and our phone number. We have lines open. I forgot to tell you the top of the hour uh, because I was so excited about telling you about that French woman. Uh, the numbers here, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. We're going to pretend this is the top of the hour. So we have open lines, 800-520-1534. That's the number you call for me to harass you, humiliate you, and maybe answer a question wherein I know what I'm talking about. Back we go. Uh, handle on a uh, Saturday morning. Bill Handle here with uh, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. You know how long I've been telling people you have absolutely no case, and I give you marginal legal advice? Wow. They found the Lindbergh baby just a few months before I started doing that. A little historical factoid that no one really cares about. All right. Uh, back we go. More uh, phone calls. Giovanni. Hello, Giovanni. You better have an Italian accent or I'm hanging up on you. Yes, sir. That's uh, not good. Brother, That's not good, Giovanni. 
You know, you have to have. You, you, all right, just I'll, meatballs. Uh, yeah, I feel better. Meatballs, uh, spaghetti. All right, yeah. Your brother, go ahead. My brother is son. The mother of now they both live down in San Diego County. Okay, I didn't, I, wait, wait, wait. I didn't understand that. My brother, and then you have to slow it down uh, after yeah. that because it all the di- the diction is not good. Yeah, you'd probably be better off with an Italian accent. All right, go ahead. Your brother, what happened? <laughs> hasn't been able to see his son. Okay, he has, he's made he made payments to child support, but hasn't recently. He tried contacting mother, and she keeps denying him. Now they had court in Torrance, but they both live now in Northern County of San Diego. He's tried contacting her to see him. She keeps denying him. And the court ordered it, or I forget what what it was, the order that it states that he, or is he, or my question, can he take a sheriff with him to go see his son? Well, yeah, if she keeps on denying, there's a court order for him to see his son, correct? Yes. Okay, uh, and you can't deny a parent seeing the son. So uh, now whether a sheriff will come out or not, I don't know. Uh, the, the the court would probably have to order that, and you can call the sheriff's office. But what you can do is take her to court again, and a judge will order her. And what it'll do, in violation of a court order, right, uh, you can get the police to arrest her, and you should let oh. her know that. And I don't know if a sheriff can come with you. Uh, you can call the sheriff's department and ask that, frankly, I've never heard of that, a sheriff coming to uh, enforce uh, a visitation order. So, Understood. number one, you call the sheriff's office. Number two, uh, do you have a family law attorney? No, sir. You may want to get one for this, uh, or he may want to get one for this. Uh, it, this is one of those uh, big deals where uh, one parent has absolutely no right to deny visitation to the other parent, notwithstanding any payment or lack of payment. In child support. Oh, yes. Okay, uh, Martin. Hello, Martin. Yes, sir. Yes. My, yeah, Bill, thanks for taking my call. My question is, my four months ago, my 83-year-old dad shot himself. Ooh. And my older sister. Yeah, and, and I found out St. Patrick's Day that, you know, he did that for my little sister, and I have an older sister. And I didn't go to get invited to the funeral. That's fine and everything. But I lived with them eight months ago for eight months, and they didn't. And uh, I opened up a statement, one statement from Morgan Stanley, balanced $3 million. And basically, they're setting up a trust for me because, you know, they don't trust well, me. Well, hang on. Hold and- on a minute. Uh, the, the was a If there is a trust, was there already a trust or a will in place? I believe so, yes. Okay, so that has to control. And are you a beneficiary under that trust or will? Yeah, yes, I am. Are you but, already? Uh, and they can't set up a trust for you. If you're already well, no, a be- if you're already a beneficiary unless part of the trust or the will said and the trustee or the executor must set up a uh must set up a a trust for Martin. If it has to be in the language of uh, the will or the trust. Was it a trust or was it a will? A trust. The St. Patrick's Day, my little sister gave me a letter from a lawyer saying it's going to take a couple months, but they're, you know, setting up an allowance for you. And, you know, you have to um, see the trust. You have to contact a lawyer and you say, I, I need a copy of that trust. Here's the deal, which I, I, I don't know if it's true. She goes, well, I don't know if my dad specifically said this, but she said, if you get a lawyer, you'll get nothing. Well, theoretically, that's true. Uh, where wills say if you contest any part of this trust, you get nothing. However, right. 
uh, getting a copy of it as a uh, a potential beneficiary uh, that you you need to see what exactly what you're getting, and you contact okay. the lawyer. You're not contesting it. You're finding out what the terms are, and okay. and and contacting a lawyer or having another lawyer contact. Cause this is big money. I mean, Martin, this is not small money here. So, and no, how many? He's worth about five million. I get it. How many siblings uh, are there involved? Uh, how, how many beneficiaries? Older, older... Older sister, younger sister, and me. That's Whoa, it. okay. So this is huge money. So I would contact a trust and estate attorney simply to start finding out what's in it. When you talk about disinheriting, contesting it, that's a formal legal matter. Right. Okay? Investigation is not contesting a will. Yeah, you need a trust Correct. and estate. You get a trust and estate lawyer. Please, please, please. All right? I, I will I, I will do that. All right. And, um, and if you and, don't. And thank you. No, no, no problem. And if you don't have one, you can go to the website. Go to handleonthelaw.com. That's where maybe you want to start. Uh, By the way, why did your dad uh, kill himself Uh, other than... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You know, was well, he sick? Was he depressed? He's, he's, no, he, no, he's a retired longshoreman at 63. I'm 61. His, he had stage 4 tongue cancer. Well, okay. stage 4 is not if it comes back, when it came back. came back 14 years ago. I took out a third of his tongue. And he fell apart at 80, and he was two months short of 82. And uh, I thought he just died in his wheelchair trying to go crush up more tubes for his feeding tube, you know, more pills. Yeah, but, but he uh, actually, my, was he in pain? Was, oh, yeah, he, he put a bullet in his head. Yeah, no, no, I, that part doesn't hurt. I get that could hurt if you uh, sort of miss, but... Was he in pain prior to putting a bullet in his brain? Every day. Every All right, yeah, I can day. see that. I can see he had that. Yeah. a morphine patch. And yeah, no, I'm I, glad I, I got to live with him for eight months. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can understand uh, that. Yeah, I truly can. Uh, I can see myself. When you're in that kind of pain, this is why the Right to Die Act, these dignity, uh, the Die with Dignity Acts are so important. And they make it so difficult. So you have to get to this point where you have to blow your brains out. I mean, I can see that. I certainly. Uh, matter of fact, I would probably do it in the kitchen uh, because, uh, you know, the, the splatter factor. I want people to really know that it's a horrible thing to say, I might add. This is Handle on the Law. Yeah. Oh, I've been shaking. I love it when you go crazy. You All right, here we go. This is KFI Handle here. 800-520-1534. More Handle on the law, marginal legal advice. Oh, here's an interesting one. Uh, Connie, is that Connie with a K? Connie, you there? Yes. Is that with a K? Yes. Wow, Connie with a K. Never heard that. 
All right, Connie, what well, can I do? Well, that's all right. You know, I, I love it when I get weird names that, uh, or weird spellings. I, I had a friend once, or someone I knew, uh, that was Henry, H-E-N, the number three, R-Y, and the three was silent. I mean, you know, how do you beat that, huh? All right, Connie, what can I do for you? Um, my husband died, and um, he was in a nursing facility, and um, the their doctor had messed up on the death certificate and put on there that he died a day earlier than than his actual death date. And so, of course, Medicare doesn't want to pay for a day they say that he didn't die. For one and day? I, one day. And how much money are we talking about, Connie? 12000 Wait a minute. One day difference yes. equals $12,000. You yes. want to explain that yes. to me? Um, that's what I'd like to know. But, you know, the thing that I'm wondering about, they've contacted me about three or four times and wanting me to get hold of the nursing home and get the date changed so that, that they can well, get Medicare to pay. Okay, it. that may be the easiest way of going about it. Uh, and it's the doctor, not necessarily the nursing home. And you want to contact the doctor uh, and ask him to amend the date of uh, death. Now, that gets a little, and that may be a little bit uh, procedurally difficult because you're dealing would, pr- probably with a bureaucracy. Go ahead. Would they, ha- would they um, can they come back on me and ask me to pay that considering? Pay that- what? Um, the twelve thousand, if Medicare. I don't understand where $12,000 kicks in with one day difference. I don't. Uh, you have, well, I've, I've yet to figure that out. I mean, there may be a mistake. Maybe it's twelve hundred. Maybe it's one hundred and twenty dollars. No, it, it was twelve thousand. Did they explain why twelve thousand dollars? No. Then you have to find out why. Go to okay. Medicare. Either call them up or go to your local Medicare office. Do they have? A, no, it's part of Social Security, right? Medicare. Uh, no, I understand, but are there? I don't think yeah. there are Medicare offices. No. Okay. No. So it's right. Okay. So I'm assuming it's under Social Security, I would guess. Yes. All right. Uh, Make an appointment at your Social Security office. That's easy. You just go on the internet, make an appointment, or you sit there and wait an hour and a half. And then you uh, simply ask about this. If it's small money, you don't worry about it, Connie. You don't want to deal with uh, the bureaucracy for small money. But $12,000 missing one day, uh, I I don't understand that. I truly don't. So I... For sure. All right, Susan. Uh, hi. Oh, let's go to uh, Lenny instead. Hello, Lenny. Yeah, Bill. Uh, quick question here. A couple of years ago, I uh, retained an attorney to uh, file a bankruptcy to help me save my house. Uh, consequently, we never sat down, made a list of my creditors. All he did was file the paperwork. We never went to court, obviously. Uh, the house was sold. Do I have any recourse? Maybe, if you didn't make a list of your creditors. Although, uh, the if you haven't made payments on the house... Uh, the first mortgage holder sort of has the first – is first up. And if you can't pay the mortgage, uh, then whether you're bankrupt or not, it's going to go. In the bankruptcy court, I mean, it may stay everything, but they're still going to uh, – they're still going to sell off the house. As a matter of fact, the argument uh, – here it is. The fact that no creditors were listed on the bankruptcy – actually makes a stronger case for you because you don't have to pay off those creditors. Or you're going to have to pay off those creditors because they weren't listed as uh, creditors on the bankruptcy. Either way, yeah, but what I'm, go ahead. Well, yeah, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, is there any recourse to, to uh, 
get any money out of this attorney that didn't follow through with what he was. Yeah, yeah, uh, there is. Uh, Obviously, he malpracticed, and creditors are still going after you, correct? uh, Somewhat, yes. All right. Well, uh, he's going to be responsible for some part of those damages because had he put those creditors uh, on the list that that, uh, the judge would have said, okay, you're discharged, was Chapter 7, right? Uh, Yeah. Okay, so that's liquidation. So all the creditors would have been wiped out. But if you didn't put them down, they wouldn't have been wiped out. So, right, yeah, you've, right. got, you've got an issue. Uh, and how much money are we talking about that you owe to those creditors? Uh, probably about 12000 Yeah, that may be. Those are, your, those are your damages because had he put them down, uh, you wouldn't owe a dime to them. Now, did you give him a list of the creditors? Uh, no, he told me that he would contact me in a couple of weeks. We'd sit down. Okay, uh, so I, okay, yeah, I think I think he's liable for those damages because I think that is pure malpractice on its uh, head. Oh yes, Susan. Hi, Susan. Welcome. Hi, Bill. How are you? Uh, just terrific. What can I do for you? <laughs> okay, my lender says uh, that I have to pay eighteen thousand dollars for what? Um, uh, okay, I was going through a modification, and they were going to lower my payment. So during the process, it took eight months. So that's about eight months in the loan, uh, eight months in loan payments for me. That you didn't so make, while, or you did make? No, they they told me everything was on hold. Oh, okay. So the loan just kept on going. Now, when they said everything is on hold and don't pay the mortgage, I'm assuming you have a letter or an email to that. That uh, signifies that, correct? No. Oh, it was all verbal, right? Yes. So you're not going to be able to prove any of it. So what you are, you are now in arrears, uh, $18,000 plus interest and penalties, I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah, that's a problem. And as you're going through a modification, they can say, no, we've changed our mind. And right up until they give you a letter saying, okay, modification is in place. And I've never understood why, and and some lenders do this, don't pay while you're modifying. But I, it's usually the, it's the modification companies who in many cases are scammers to begin with, and they're telling you not to pay. And I've never understood. Now, the argument is, that you Are they can- just trying to get you to foreclose so they can take your property? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think the argument is uh, is if you don't pay, then uh, it makes sense for them to modify the loan uh, because uh, they're th- if they then walk out, if you have to leave, they foreclose oh, for right. non-payment. They then have to sell the property. Yeah, and it's a and it's a huge hassle for them to do that, but. If you simply don't have the money uh, and you haven't paid and someone in the uh, lender's office says, you know what, uh, we don't want this loan anymore, you're screwed. And you've already lost the house, right, Susan? No, no. They say that they're going to foreclose if I don't pay the 18000 right. They said that They said that they could not uh, grant a loan um, because or the modification because it, uh, my payment would go up. But... I asked them, please lower the... Yeah, no, I get it. Very few modifications that you apply for modifications wherein your payment goes up. Okay, that's uh, that's not the world of modifications. And if they're uh, they're saying, okay, we'll modify and the payment goes up, that's not a modification. 
I mean, technically it is, but uh, yeah, they're modifying the loan so you pay more. I mean, who's going to do that? Uh, mm-hmm. you, you've got you have got to get. I think at this point there are some organizations out there that work in this field, but you've got to do a lot of research to mm-hmm. uh, uh, to find out which ones are good because there are so many that just take your money. You don't want to pay any money up front. I'll tell you that because that is horrible. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about LifeLock. Uh, here's, here it is again, another, uh, another data breach. This time it's Orbitz, the travel booking platform. They announced the breach may have compromised 880,000 customers. Oh, only 880,000. Usually it's 10 million, right? What hackers did is access, uh, access credit card numbers, and those were used to book travel through the platform's website in 2016 and last year. Also, they may, they may have stolen names, date of birth, gender, phone numbers, addresses. At that point, uh, your identity is so easy to steal. So what do you do? Well, let me suggest that you call the folks at LifeLock. And I've been a customer for so many years. Uh, and it just takes one leak for criminal, uh, one weak link for criminals to get in. So the new LifeLock identity theft protection adds the power of Norton security to help protect you against threats to your identity and the devices that you have. And if you end up having a problem and there's an identity issue, they have agents who work to fix it. Now, no one can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor every transaction, every business. But uh, this is great stuff. The new LifeLock with Norton Security. Go to LifeLock.com, call 800-LIFELOCK, use the promo code HANDLE, for an additional 10% off your first year. That's promo code HANDLE for an additional 10% or call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE. This is Handle on the Law. So why don't you just meet me in the middle, in the middle? Baby, why don't you just meet me in yeah, the all right. middle? KFI here, uh, more Handle on... The law, marginal legal advice. Hi, Paul. You're up. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Mr. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? I've got a problem, sir. I'm actually a homeless person that's on general relief. And uh, approximately two years ago, they signed me up for Social Security again with an advocate that works for the general relief office. The man had been doing it for 29 years, so he was pretty good at what he did. Unfortunately, before my application was finished, they ended up transferring him. And he told me what to do if the application was denied, because I had a really good chance, was to call a pretty prominent uh, Social Security disability attorney and then go back to the office to do the paperwork uh, for the reapplication and submittal. And what happened was when I went back to the office, they had replaced him with not a county worker, sir, but uh, I don't know if you've been to the unemployment office lately, but they hired goodwill people. And that's what the county office had done. They brought in some people from a place called the Volunteers of America. And the person that they had to do my application didn't have his own phone line, didn't have his own computer or anything like that, sir. He wasn't even he told me he was three weeks out of rehab and wasn't capable of filling out this application. Wow. So what he, happened? He ended up refusing to do it. The social, uh, the GR supervisor was on the floor, came and told him, no, that's the job that we brought you here for. You have a laptop computer that VOA gave you. All right. You hey, yeah, okay. Okay. He just screwed up. Right, Paul? 
Yes. Sir. Okay, and you and you because he was totally inexperienced, and he didn't, and so the application didn't go through. Is that correct? No, the application partially went through. He called the attorney and said he didn't want to do the rest of it. Uh, I don't want to mention the attorney, but he said they said, "Listen, that's not our job. We just handled uh, the appeal. You're supposed to do the paperwork because he's not capable of doing." All right. The so, I, so what happened? You're saying the paperwork partially went through? Yes, sir. Okay. So what happened? So what happened? He, he ended up filling out his. The, he took two days to do it. How the did you? Do, uh, do you have the? Uh, do you have the money now? No. Okay. No, it's been two years, sir. Okay. Two years. So uh, the paperwork is never fully filled out. No, the second half of the paperwork. Okay. So you never up. made. So you never made an appointment to go see uh, someone at the Social Security office to finish filling it out. Uh, sir, they told me I had to go back to the GR office. The GR office eventually fired him a month later. They never replaced him. And they refused to take my phone calls over it or the attorney's office phone calls. All right. How about just you can make an appointment to see them? I have, sir. And they won't, see, have, and they they, won't see you? They claim they don't have a Social Security uh, disability worker for the office in Oman, or Pomona. Uh, that is uh, – I don't understand how you want to go to, uh, I guess, what, the Social Security office or the GR office? Uh, to the GR office. Because and, they the don't GR have, office. and they don't have a worker that can help you? No, they don't at these two offices. So no, how does sir. anybody? So how does anybody get GR? That's general they, relief, by the way. Is it that's it done? No, no general relief for anybody. No, it's that you get general relief, but if you're on mental health through the county, uh, you go to you go see a county doctor at a different office. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, yeah. So Paul, uh, there has to be an ombudsman out there that can help you that uh, is assigned to this sort of stuff. Also, I, if and if you have to, incidentally, you got the congressman's office. They have uh, people that deal with constituents. I mean, you have to go to every place where you can have. If a congressman makes a phone call, you're in pretty good shape. And you can go, and and every congressman has a constituent office where people are assigned to the office, a local office, to help people just like you. Tell them you voted for him. Uh, Just say you're a fanatic uh, about him. You love the guy or the woman. And uh, just get the constituent, uh, the, uh, the constituent representative. That's what I would do. I mean, there's okay, a bunch of different ways. Go ahead, Mr. Handel. I don't listen to what the GR office uh, says about. I guess they said that the attorney should have followed through. All right, I get it. So the- you got you got screwed up. So you go yeah. you go to the office. Okay, go there. By the way, uh, quick question. You sound really bright. Uh, you know, how is it you're on general relief? Like, I assume you have your arms and legs, right? I've got I've got anger issues, sir. I've been to prison about four times. Uh, and, I, I, okay, anger issues. But I'm assuming yeah, you have the, medi- I'm assuming medication computers. takes care of it. Uh, yes, sir. But the I, I, frustration with computers. I with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
end up breaking them. I I I, I can't. Huh. Yeah. You, yeah, you, I have a. Yeah, I can. Okay, I get it. I get it. All right. Uh, you know, I have anger issues, which is why I take uh, the magic lamigdal, and uh, you know, because it just brings down my boiling point. I was about to start screaming at him. I mean, like at the top of my lungs, because of anger issues. But medication is a wonderful thing. At first, Marjorie uh, was really reluctant to have me take, you know, mental health medication. Because, frankly, she said that you'd just admit to everybody you're nuts. And why would you do that on the radio? Well, uh, because I'm nuts. And I'm sort of an open book. She will now, if she could, she would sell Lamictal door-to-door. She would knock on people's door and say, hey, any issues you have with your kids? Here, try this. Really? All right. Here's why I'm a big fan of Simply Safe Home Security. Another friend just put in a Simply Safe system and called me and said this thing is tr- tremendous. Simply Safe is prepared for anything that gets thrown at it. Now, you talk about home security. If a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is there. If an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe still works. Uh, let's say your keypad or siren is destroyed, Simply Safe still gets you the help you need. Now, of course, that's overkill, but what it does is show you what Simply Safe is about, how they, how committed they are to your security. Uh, Simply Safe and Simply Safe could cost an arm and a leg, and it doesn't. It's actually very reasonably priced. You install it yourself. Uh, I did it for my daughter and her uh, at the condo that she pays air quotes rent for, and uh, half an hour. And I can't run. I, I literally can't uh, work a thermostat. And uh, 24-7 professional uh, security monitoring, just $14.99 a month with no can- contracts, no hidden fees. So I'm, I recommend Simply Safe Home Security to everyone I know. Uh, for the money, it's the best thing out there. Matter of fact, it may very well be the best thing out there anyway. Go to simplysafehandle.com today. That's simplysafehandle.com. You will not be sorry. Simplysafehandle.com. This is Handle on the Law. another what two hours to go uh, yeah i think so i don't know three hours to go i don't I never keep track because we're on like forever on saturday all right i handle here and for marginal legal advice uh, you pick up the phone and call 800-520-1kfi 800-520-1534 and since it is uh the top of the hour hey hey uh, lines are generally open almost always. And strangely enough, lines are open. So, 800-520-1534. Bill Handel here. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. And I really enjoy telling you you have absolutely no case. I mean, I don't think you have any idea. I mean, when there is no case, I smile, I grin. Sometimes I even slobber. As the saliva starts dripping uh, out of my mouth down my shirt, it's, it's a thank God this is radio, and uh, not television. All right, uh, I, you know I love these kinds of stories. It's uh, sort of my dog ate the homework stories, but people getting stopped by the cops, uh, traffic officer, or any cop. You're on the street and you get pulled over. All right, and what do people say? Uh, I'm not me. That's always a good one. Or, uh, gee, I'm not drunk. I'm just staggering. Uh, did you have a drink? No, I haven't had a drink since uh, 
12 minutes ago when I left the bar. Okay, very good. People come up with the, the absolute most extraordinary things. This is one of the better ones, I must admit. First, let's start off with this is a woman. Okay, that's a problem. So can I see your driver's license, please? She pulls out a driver's license. This is uh, in uh, Britain. And I am looking at the driver's license. Uh, who is it? It is uh, Homer Simpson's driver license with a picture of Homer. And even to the right of that is almost like that uh, watermark that sometimes is used to make it look official. And it is, uh, it's very, very tough. Although this is in Britain, but it's a USA Homer Simpson uh, license. Uh, it says USA. And they got, she got the birth date wrong of Homer. Uh, because if you watch the show, uh, you know that, uh, you know, exactly when Homer was born, May 12th, 1956. And on uh, that fake Homer's driver's license, uh, he was born August 4th, 1963. The cop immediately knew there was a problem with the wrong birth date of Homer. That immediately set off the fact this is not a real driver's license, just the wrong date. I'm looking at uh, the real uh, Homer Simpson driver's license. Uh, that is was part of the show. And what I like it is uh, it's signed. It's a picture of Homer winking, one eye closed. And uh, everything is handwritten. And now, it's not bad. I mean, you can easily see it, but someone printed everything. Uh, the driver's license number, I mean, it's, and there he is with a signature. See, that's the real Homer Simpson driver's license. For this woman to come up with a fake Homer Simpson driver license and present it to the police officer, you know what? Uh, that's not good. Uh, the car was actually seized uh, because uh, no driving with no insurance, driving without a license. Hey, I have a license. It's not real. The real Homer Simpson license doesn't look anything like that. All right. Uh, it is definitely time to take some uh, phone calls. Uh, Marcy, you're up first. Hello, Marcy. Hello. Yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm calling because in November we received a credit card statement. and There was a fraudulent charge for over $2,000. And we contacted the credit card company and they did research. We filed a police report at their request, and they agreed that it was fraudulent, and they restored the money to our account. Fair enough. How, however, the vendor has come after us saying they want their money right. because they got my husband's signature when it was delivered, which they didn't, of course. And we told them if you check the email address for um, – Sending confirmation and when it was shipped, they'll find that it doesn't match. Okay, the, the whole thing is fraudulent is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, where are these people? Where are which people? No, are you you live where? Oh, I'm sorry, California. Okay, and uh, the vendor is based out of where? I do not know. All right, well. Can I give you the name? No, no, I just wanted okay. to know where. It doesn't matter. So okay. you smile and say, this is a fraudulent purchase and uh, you're going after someone who uh, does not owe you the money. And if you go after us, if you do the investigation, you will find this is fraudulent. You send them everything that you have, emails, mm -hmm. uh, whatever you have, uh, mm -hmm. the signature saying this is not my husband's signature. And just and say, and if you go after me after warning, if I if I war since I've warned you, then there then 
uh, you have them for uh, malicious prosecution. Okay. All right. And let them know. Let them know. I don't owe the money. This is fraud, guys. And if you're not part of this fraud, then drop it. And if you are part of this fraud, guess what? I'm going to the police and I'm going to defend in court because I've got all the proof and I've told you it was fraud. But, you know, these people are – what was the product that you ostensibly bought? A Mac Air computer. And you never received it? No, we never ordered it either. Okay, you never ordered it. All right. Uh, But it came to our address. Did you send it back? No. The thing that was weird, the the sheriff told us that – the way the scam works is that they get noti- the person uses their own email, they get notification of when it will be delivered, and they come and hang around your property until they see the FedEx or UPS guy, and they stand there as if they own the house or they're part of the community. And then they take and it. And when he shows up, he... they sign for it and take it. Got it. Okay. So uh, that's all part of the fraud, and uh, just let them go to court, and you're prepared to give them back their, the uh, computer. You, still, you have it, Can right? They- can they ruin our credit? Yeah, they can try. And then you have to go to the credit card companies. You have to go to the reporting agencies and then say this is a fraudulent person uh, purchase. This is what happened. And you send them the proof. And uh, they then will remove the negative account uh, or the negative uh, report, the ding you get. Yeah, it's it's not fun stuff. No. I mean, once you get caught, especially in the credit business and the, that credit reporting business, that really screws you up. And then while that's going on, you also dispute it, saying I am a victim of fraud. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can get pretty aggressive. That, that is horrible. That really is when that happens. Remind me not to stand in front of doors. You know, I just like to hang out in front of doors just to see who lives there. Paul! Hello, Paul. You're up. Hi. 20 years ago, I had a deficiency judgment on a property that I'm getting ready to sell. Uh, well, uh, that stayed with the property with the, did they file, the new owner. Did they file a lien? Uh, 20 years ago. They, but they filed the lien. The lien's still there. Yes. The lien stays on the property. You bet. There is a lien on the property. Okay. And then if the new owner buys it with the lien, it would transfer to the new owner? No, no, no. Yeah, you have before uh, the transfer takes place, you have to, uh, well, it's, I assume there's going to be a mortgage company. I assume there's going to be an escrow, correct? Unless you just have a private deal. A private deal. Well, uh, it's, you're, you're sending a, uh, a property to the new owner that can be, uh, no. That can't be foreclosed on. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's tough. You got how much is the lien for? Uh, twenty thousand. And that's it's now twenty thousand is what you're saying. Uh, then. Then, so it's uh, with interest and penalties, and I mean you're looking at probably the value of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's got to be paid off. Okay. You can't just you just can't ignore uh, it. The other item uh, that I had at the same time. a tenant was in the property, had a utility bill, and then when they didn't pay, they sued me, got a judgment against me, and twice over the last 20 years, an uh, attorney was able to, that bought the that bought the file, was able to collect from my checking account. Yeah, because uh, there's a judgment against you. Yeah. Paul, you're that? handling all this wrong. You ignore stuff. You let a judgment go against you. You're in a world of hurt. This is the law. I mean, it's it's real stuff, Paul. Sure. How long does that judgment last? Ten years, and then you can uh, affirm it for another ten years. So after 20 years, it's uncollectible? Uh, yes. The judgment is uncollectible, not the lien. Okay. The lien stays. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're totally screwed. I mean, there's no question about it. Here I go. You have no case. That put a smile on my face. Well, that almost rhymes. You have no case. 
a smile on my face. Eh, close enough. This is Handle on the Law. Well, it's cold, 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 cold inside. Got in the day, then the dead of night. Cold, 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 cold inside. can you help me? Because something don't feel right. All right. Uh, another, what, couple hours ago? Or Handle on the Law. A uh, couple lines open, actually. 800 520 And welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. Hello, David. David, you're yes, up. Bill, my, yes, Bill. My mom passed away late last year. She left her mobile home solely to me. Mm-hmm. The title reads, the, the, the title reads, or myself, with rights of survivalship. I'm a first-time seller here in Southern California. Will I have to pay capital gains? Because you received uh, the mobile home? Yeah. No, well, no, it, no. It's an, it's an inheritance. And it's up to okay, several million dollars before you start paying money on this stuff. And it's, yes, not, capital, no, it's not capital gains. It is a, uh, uh, an inheritance tax that you would have to pay. And that is uh, what you sell it for is your base. It's all you're fine. You don't have to worry about it. Okay. Your mom did so you, have, your mom did you a good thing by dying. Okay. It's only it's only eighty five k and it's going through escrow right now. Oh, I, and uh, to and to your name, but it's but it's an inheritance. So okay, so I don't I'll have to pay the inheritance tax. No, 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 not not at all because your inheritance tax doesn't kick in until uh, you reach millions of dollars. That you're inheriting, you're fine, you're done. Oh. You're uh, you get yourself a mobile home, for sure. Uh, David, hello, David. Hi, uh, yes, I got a question for you. I was in the hospital for four or five days for with pancreatitis. They admitted me in the hospital. I get picked up by my mom and dad, and I've been my, my body was totally aching because they had me on morphine. So I said, "Mom, take me to this massage place over here on Rosecrans and stuff, and drop me off, and I'll take a taxi home so she can give me a massage and so I can get a good night's sleep." Then I had to suffer three days in the hospital. She ends up spraining my neck. I, I, I take the cab back and literally in tears inside the inside the, inside her massage parlor. She can't, doesn't speak a word of English at all. Uh, I get home. My blood pressure is 154 over 111. So there's seriously a trauma to my neck. They give me an ambulance, take me to the hospital, uh, do all the do all the vitals and all that. He, he confirms I have a sprained neck, the herniated C7. Wow! All was, because wait, all because of the massage. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, David, this is very strange. Uh, It's pretty hard for a massage to give you all of those uh, problems. And the second is because she got on her knees and she got on my back and she says, don't worry. I know what I'm doing. But the second it started hurting. I mean, the second it felt uncomfortable, you didn't throw her off. Yeah, I did. She got off. And then she walked out of the room. I was like, what the hell are you doing? All right. So you got a price. She spoke no English. All right. So she has no assets. Assuming that. the judge uh, or a jury is going, or the insurance company is going to believe that's what happened. Uh, what kind of uh, massage parlor are we talking about? When you speak of someone who speaks no English, I mean, the happy ending, you think of happy endings no, immediately? No, it wasn't like that at all, Bill. It wasn't even like that at all. All it right, so it was a half, okay. Uh, so it was a real massage parlor. Not that the other ones right. aren't real. It's just no, that they do it a little differently. Close. Yeah, they massage uh, different parts of the body. All right, so uh, what uh, you... The bottom line is you get to sue the massage parlor and this woman. This woman has no assets. The massage parlor may have insurance, may have insurance. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an outrageous uh, kind of outcome. So uh, you need a personal injury attorney, and they're not going to charge you because PI attorneys always do it on contingency. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll investigate and uh, see about the injuries and how the injuries connect. And it's uh, that's why I don't she do Keep in mind, she doesn't even give receipts. She says, what? I said, can I have a receipt? Says, I don't have a receipt. All right. So, she, I, I, so I now, it's a, okay, now it's just a question of proof. No, no, no. I then I went back to when I went back to her, and then I said I had a massage on so and so date, and and I had I signed. She signed it afterwards. She confirmed that she did the massage. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, All right. I do sue her, but wait a she, second. She, she, wait, wait, wait. The woman who speaks no English confirmed that she did a massage in writing. Yes. Yeah, that's not going to that's not going to help you. No. If, if someone speaks no English, how are they going to understand what they're signing? No, 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 no. She speaks broken English. She's not like, you know, she's just, she's, you know, she speaks just enough to get get the job done. You know what I mean? She's not like. Yeah, but you're talking about it. So uh, the, what what is it that you had her sign? What did it say on the document? It said, I came here on so-and-so date and had a massage and paid $45 for the massage. And I, and I put a line underneath that with an X on it and it said owner underneath it. She signed it. Owner of you're talking about the owner of the massage parlor. Yes, owner of the massage. Okay, parlor. not she the woman, not the it. woman who gave you the massage. No, but she's employed by her. She I get, no, I understand. That's why I said you're going to sue the massage parlor, and you need proof, right. and you say you have proof. All right, so you're halfway there. Now it's a question okay. of connecting the injuries, and, and I'm. So even my face down, and you have a little hole in the middle of here where your head goes into. She gets on her knees on her back. I'm on my back. She gets on her knees, and she's like, she's like, she's like, uh, her full body's on my back with her knees like. No, I get my it. Back. No, I understand. Okay. No, I understand. Yeah. So now it's a quite. Go to a PI attorney. That's it. Personal injury oh, cool. attorney. You can go to the website. Go to handleonthelot.com to start this thing. Or if you have people who have successfully sued, and uh, they're happy with uh, the uh, the outcome. Okay. You're okay. Good. Thank you, Bill. All right, thank you. Uh, it was close. It was close. I almost said it. So let me do that again. Herniated disc. Okay, disc. This is Handle on the Law. And this is uh, KFI Handle here on a uh, Saturday morning right up until 11 o'clock. All right, back we go. Uh, Handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. All right, uh, is that uh, Caitlin? Is that you? Yes. Okay, Caitlin, what can I do for you? So I had a pet rat who was about two years old. The average lifespan for a rat is about that. Um, She had an oozing, gross, irregular growth on her chest and so eventually i finally decided to take her into the vet to see what the vet suggested um the vet automatically suggested getting it removed through surgery 
without ever looking to see if potential cancer was anywhere else in her body yeah. to make it worth the yeah. surgery yeah. according to her lifespan. Um, so the surgery was done. I spent 200 something dollars on that surgery. Mm. The incision burst open Ooh. a few days later. I spent another $103 on a surgery to get that closed up. Ooh. It burst open again the next day. So I took her to a different vet and spent around $200 there to get it closed up. So it burst open three times because um, it burst open again after the third surgery. And uh, the second vet I went to decided that it was not going to be a good idea to put her back under to try to close it up because there just wasn't enough tissue left. I then opted to get an x-ray done because her breathing was labored. Yes. And we discovered that one of her lungs was totally full of fluid and a tumor, and I had to put her down the next day because she couldn't breathe. All right. How much money Uh, did you spend total on uh, the rat, other than putting her down? Seven, uh, other than putting her down, it was almost $700. $700. Okay. All right. And you have, uh, effectively, you're arguing uh, medical or rat medical uh, malpractice. All right. Uh, Caitlin, yeah. uh, here are my thoughts. Okay. This is a rat. It's a rat that was at the end of its life. What the hell are you doing doing surgery on a rat that's going to die anyway? What? Are you out of your mind? And why yeah. did you buy a rat in the first place? What, you're interested in spreading bubonic plague all over the city? <laughs> They're fantastic pets, actually. Oh, that's great. Uh, here's my rat, <laughs> right? And it immediately goes for the nearest sewer it can find. How big is the rat? Oh, they're not that big, like three inches long for the body. Oh, those are rats or little mice, uh, mouses? They're rats. Rat. Oh, that's yeah, very exciting. Fa- uh, fancy okay. rats, domestic rats are a lot smaller. Oh, oh, yeah. I never, I never bought a rat. I have to be honest with you. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's because uh, they look like rats, uh, and they are rats. All right. Uh, the bottom line is, uh, yeah. Do you have a lawsuit? Oh, who the hell knows? He should have, uh, shoulda, and uh, he's gonna say that was the normal course of events. Take him to small claims court. Take him both to small claims court, and just do your story and see what a judge has to say. I'll tell you what I think a judge is going to say, Caitlin. Uh, the judge is going to look at you and say, it's a rat, Caitlin. Do you understand? This is a rat. And what are you doing spending $700 on a rat? Moreover, it's a rat at the end of its life cycle. So um, you're out of your mind. Fair enough? Rat. I uh, like that a lot. All right. Sean. Hello, Sean. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, how are you doing? I don't care how you're doing because I've been told not to ask how you Good you're for doing. you. Good. That you know, saying you don't um, care how you, I'm doing, so which I, is I wonderful. I don't give a rip about your medical issues, but I'm okay. glad you're getting through them. Excellent. Um, hey, my son is out in Pasadena, and uh, he's still sleeping, so I'm calling. Of course he but, is. But uh, he is looking at he looked he looked at an apartment about a month ago. Couldn't see the actual apartment. Had to look at the model with the salesperson. And Fernando, or whoever it was out there, showed him the apartment, and my son and, and his wife made it clear that storage space was very, very, very important. It was their number one buying decision. And he, the guy stressed verbally that it was the same floor plan they were getting, mm. but they couldn't see it because it was still being rented. Yeah. They had, to, they had to sign the lease ahead of time to show they were committed to it and put their money down before they ever got to see it. They now, finally got uh, in no, there. No, the lease or a deposit? 
they had to do deposit and sign the lease ahead of time. So they a lease had to be signed ahead of time. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. and, and that immediately, okay, red lights uh, start going up. Okay, the flags are now are are now fluttering. All right, so, so what so happened? So he, he, gets in, yeah. he gets in there, and what do you guess it doesn't have? It doesn't have walk-in closets. It has small closets. All right. But right right now he's trying to nicely work it out with them, but I want to know if he's got any yeah. Pasadena or I think so. or Los Angeles yeah. County rights. No, no, no. It's just a question of misrepresentation. That's all. It's a simple question of misrepresentation. The problem is it uh, is verbal. And uh, and Fernando is going to deny he ever said that. However, the entire – and let's say I'm sitting in small claims court because they've come around and they're suing you for X number of dollars because you signed a one-year lease and now you're gone. And there are a couple of rules. They have to immediately rent the place out as, mu- as quickly as they can. Uh, they can't just let it sit there. So uh, I'm assuming it was a one-year lease, right? Uh, yeah. I yeah, they always are. Months, okay. Actually, yeah, wherever, uh, that, wherever that means. Pardon? It's a 13-month lease. Oh, yes. It, okay, it doesn't matter. 13 months, one year, it doesn't matter. Usually they're one year. But that's right. 13 months can be just a policy. All right. So the fact is uh, that you were asked to sign a lease beforehand without ever seeing the unit. And the argument is going to be the storage space. And it depends on whether a judge is going to believe you or not. Now, what is going to happen is they are going to try to rent the place. Is it a hot property and that a lot of people are looking at it and you think it's going to rent quickly? Yes. Okay, so let's say it rents in a month. So the damage they can sue is for one month of damage because they've re-rented it. I mean, it, uh, it, you know, they're not going to your uh, your son is not going to pay thirteen months of rent because you can't double dip. It's not going to be like you, uh, you uh, the uh, apartment gets thirteen months from you or your son and thirteen months from the new renter. So that doesn't happen. So you're looking at maybe one month. And how much was uh, was the lease payments? How much was the rent? I think it's two two thousand months okay. for a one bedroom. Okay, so it's two thousand dollars, and they may sue for two thousand dollars. They may not, and if they do, it's going to be a lawsuit in small claims court. And your son has some pretty good defenses. Well, I think I I think I didn't make something clear because what it is is they're stuck in it now for thirteen months. My son and his wife are stuck in it for thirteen. No, months. they can move. And, and, and it's and it's not the right size apartment. I understand, but they can move. Why did they even move in as uh, that first day when they did walk through and they saw the apartment? And why didn't they just turn around and said, "No, thank you, man. You you misrepresented. There are no there's no closet space here. We're not moving in." Why did they move in? Okay. All right. See, here's the problem. They moved in. So uh, the defense is you made me sign in advance. Their argument is any any defense you're you are uh, bringing up, you've waived because you moved in. You're saying there's not enough storage space here. Okay, then you say I'm not moving in, and there's the argument. I want my deposit back. I want the lease abrogated. We're done. We're going to tear up the lease, and that's where you sit. But moving in, you said okay, and then you can't come back and and start complaining about the closet space. Moving in waves everything. All right, this is handle on the law and uh, Julie's. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, I do have a spot. There we go. Sorry, put it in the wrong place. Uh, here we go. LifeLock. Here we go again. Another major data breach. This time it's Orbitz, uh, the booking platform. They announced the breach may have compromised 880,000 customers. 
And what hackers did is access, access credit card numbers used to book travel through the website in 2016 and 2017. If you did that, you're sweating bullets right now. The hackers may have stolen your name, date of birth, gender, phone number, addresses, and there goes your identity. Uh, good chance that's going to happen. Well, what do you do? Well, I, I'll tell you what I do. I'm a customer of LifeLock and have been for over a decade. LifeLock simply protects me and my entire family because every person is susceptible. And a couple times they really have come through. Uh, and I said, oh, thank goodness, I have LifeLock. And so they all, they're all they also offering the new LifeLock identity theft protection with the power of Norton Security to help protect you against threats to your identity and the devices you have. And if you have a problem, if your identity is compromised, they will work to fix that problem. Now, no one can stop every cyber threat or prevent every identity theft or monitor every transaction, every business. But if your identity is compromised, you're going to be really happy you have LifeLock with Norton Security. Call 800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off your first year. 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE, or go to LifeLock.com. Promo code, a promo code handle. That's lifelock.com. Promo code handle. All right. Now I can say this is handle on the law. You know you can't keep the ground from shaking. All right. Uh, We have some uh, lines open, by the way. Handle on the law. Here we go. 800-520-1534. 800-520-1534. All right, welcome back to Handle on the Law, Handle here, where I give you, of course, marginal legal advice. Everybody knows that. You know, whenever I'll throw my credit card down and or someone recognizes me, and I'm uh, just to let you know, since this show is syndicated, uh, it's people here in Southern California. I'm, I'm on Monday through Friday on a local show. More people say, oh, Handle on the Law, Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. I love it when they recognize the marginal legal advice. Truly. All right. Uh, back we go. Sandy. Uh, where, where are you? Do I have a what? Sandy? You know what? The, the lines are going. Here we go. Uh, Sandy, sorry about that. My computer okay. is uh, moving around a little bit. What can I do for you, Sandy? Well, I was involved in the Ticketmaster law. Am I allowed to say that? I'm sure. Sorry. Absolutely. Okay, t- okay, the Ticketmaster class action lawsuit that went on forever settled a couple years ago, and it was supposed to allow people to get free tickets to concerts, you know, based on how many tickets you bought in the past. So I have 20 tickets. Mm. And I've logged in probably, I don't know, two dozen times over the course of the last two years looking for how to get my free tickets, and there's never anything available. And the you know, the Internet is littered with articles about how nobody can get these free tickets. And the date is you have to have them by the end of. Okay, uh, so the end of the year. All right. The end of it's a given period. Fair enough. If you don't use it's them, given, it's, it's use them or lose yeah. them effectively. And they're not letting you use them. Correct. Yeah. And All it right. kept saying come back at the beginning of no. the year. I've checked every day. Since no problem. No problem. Year, here's OK. Here is what I would do. And this is my advice to you. I would contact the lawyers uh, who handled the class action suit because there is another class action suit uh, that is now available. And that is they're in violation of the terms of the settlement. And so uh, if enough people uh, bitch and moan and if if the Internet is littered with this, I think the lawyers uh, have uh, another way to go because what uh, Ticketmaster is doing 
assuming that uh, all uh, your story and other people's stories are okay. true, they're in breach all over the place. So, okay. and, uh, the, and the guys who uh, settled, the law firm who settled it, certainly knows all of uh, the issues. All right, Will. Uh, hi, Will. How you doing? Yes. Oh, yeah, I was uh, back in 206. Uh, I was uh, involved in uh, getting a lot of, riding the bike a lot, getting involved in um, a lot of uh, uh, tickets on the road for just basically infractions. And uh, now they, they came after me levying my bank account. Um, wow. Okay, you're yeah. talking about who's levying your bank account, the authorities? Superior, superior court. Superior yeah. court. All right, 20 years before they do anything, uh, there, there's a statute issue here. And, sure. uh, oh, yeah, from 20 years ago, and now they're going after you and levying. Obviously, there's a judgment here, all right? Or there is a, uh, you were, it's not a question of going to court. Well, it's not a, you know what? Wait a second. It's not a statute issue uh, unless, uh, I think there is, and you have to look it up. Because I was thinking in terms of uh, civilly, and it's not because it's a criminal court. And you didn't show up, and there's all kinds of violations, not paying, not showing up, ignoring, and this is a big deal. I pleaded, I pleaded guilty, basically on a mall, you know. Oh, and you never, and you never paid the amount, you never paid the fine. Oh yeah, uh, most of them. I went to uh, volunteer service, and did, but the, did, so they, so they wait, a... they waived the fine, is what you're saying. Well, no, I was on welfare. And, all right, uh, get yourself, get yourself in front of a court. Call the clerk of the court. Explain what's going on. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm going to say I want to, I want to get in front of a judge. You may have to file a motion and uh, it's uh, or talk to an attorney who does tickets and drunk driving and that sort of thing and uh, see what you can do on that one. Because yeah, that, yeah. that's a mess. There's no misdemeanors. It's all infractions. Well, no. Originally, there were infractions. And they may very well have turned into misdemeanors if you had a failure to pay a fine or uh, a failure to appear. And I'm willing to bet from 20 years ago, you don't even remember half of it. Uh, I don't remember what I had breakfast yesterday. And I wasn't even a druggie. See, he sounded like he had some issues, drug issues from 20 years ago. And on a bike and, uh, hmm. All right. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. advice right up until 11 o'clock when Leo Laporte comes aboard from 11 to 2 and uh, then the fork report with Neil Saavedra. Neil and I go to lunch at least at least once a week, sometimes dinner. And uh, I think he's going to talk about picky eaters, of which we are not. I've said before many, many times, Neil and I go to restaurants and on the way out, I look at people's plates and inevitably I'll say, hey, are you finished with that, mister? Neil gets very embarrassed. All right, here are phone numbers. Uh, we have actually uh, lines open. We always do the top of the hour, uh, every hour, 
uh, almost never is uh, are the lines full when uh, I start the hour. So if you would like to call and get some advice, just dial 800-520-1534. 800-520-1KFI. That's 800-520-1534. All right. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I, Bill Handle, tell you, insert name here, that you have absolutely no case. Now, when people complain about lawyers who are screwing them or won't respond, uh, they haven't heard from a lawyer for weeks, maybe months, what do I always say? Contact the state bar. File a complaint. And that goes to virtually every English-speaking, industrialized, modern industrialized nation that have lawyers the kind that we have you know england has those lawyers uh new zealand uh australia you know it's basically common law stuff all right so this is out of australia and there is a lawyer a solicitor as they call uh most uh lawyers in these various countries named steve Connolly, and uh he boy does he have a history in 2013 a client turns up at his office and demands her file and wants a two thousand dollar deposit back and so what does Con- what does Connolly do? Pulls out his cell phone and shows her photos of his testicles. Excellent. Uh, he said he had trouble with testicular cancer, and he goes, "Look at that little scar on my left testicle, and you can see I had cancer." Uh, she replied, "Great, I want my money back. I want my file." And she lodges a complaint. Now I am willing to bet that whatever complaint examiner loved this case i mean hey this is a good one all right so the law society the equivalent of the state bar uh tries to strike him off the roll i mean take away his license for matters including uh trust fund breaches Connolly said he couldn't properly defend himself because he was still traumatized after being kidnapped and threatened with his life okay it goes on Uh, He also said trust fund and money problems were the result of a conspiracy by people trying to concoct allegations against him. So uh, now we go three years. I mean, this is going on. And uh, their version of the state bar, the Law Society, pursues professional misconduct action against him. And there was a hearing. And Connolly repeatedly said uh, he was too unwell to attend the hearings or defend himself. And uh, the bar... uh, the state bar asked for documents uh, that he insisted he had that would vindicate him. Uh, no, he didn't uh, produce it. So finally, uh, he's at the tribunal. He's at that final bar hearing. And his dad said he wasn't guilty of misconduct with the victim of a conspiracy. He asked to be excused because uh, the case against him would be re-traumatizing him. Uh, so what do you think happened? Of course he was tossed. He lost his license. Professional misconduct, unethical behavior, uh, unethical conduct uh, towards clients, uh, including text messages sent to him by a junior lawyer about clients deposited funds. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff. In one case, uh, he transfers money from a client trust account to an office account which you can't do, incidentally. Trust accounts are, I mean, sacrosanct. You cannot use cl- the uh, client trust account to pay for anything other than what's allowed to 
in the uh, in accordance to the bar rules, and they're all the same all over the world. And uh, why why took money out of the trust account to and moved it to an office account? And I quote, because the balance is three dollars in the office account, so urgently required. And so I have to refund the office uh, trust account or the refund the office account by taking money out of the trust. Mm, lose your license. Great story of a lawyer losing uh, his license in this case. Okay, uh, let's uh, do it. Tommy, you've been there for a little while. Tommy, welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes. Now, um, I'm 30 years old. I have no credit. I don't have good credit or bad credit. I have uh, actually about $6,000 in medical bills. Um, I'm going to be going on SSI, so I don't qualify for Medicaid quite yet. Um, I was wondering, I've heard a lot of different people tell me, oh, well, no credit, because I've never gotten a credit card. I've never gotten a loan. Um, I, you know, I've always stayed away from credit cards because I figured I probably would screw that up. Oh, good like for you. No, no. Else. No, life. no, good yeah. for you on uh, on thinking that way. Uh, limited amount of money and credit cards, uh, that's not real money. People spend it like crazy, and before you know it, there's a huge bill. All right, so what is your question, Tommy? So far, good guy. Yeah, so now I'm 30, and um, uh, I have the, the medical bills. Well, that If I try to get um, a loan for a car or I try to get a uh, sometimes jobs, now they want to check my credit. Yeah, and you have no credit. So uh, right. even uh, the fact that you owe $6,000 doesn't appear on any credit report because you have no credit. They don't know you exist. Uh, so you're going to have a very, very tough time getting a loan for a car. I mean, virtually impossible. Uh, unless you're willing to pay some insane interest rates. It used to be that I saw ads on TV all the time that said, hey, if you have no credit, buy a car from us and it'll help you establish credit. And you're going to, oh, are you going to pay up the yin-yang for that one? Tons of interest. So uh, what the easiest way to establish credit is to go to the bank and put, let's say, $500 uh, in a secured account, and then you get a credit card up to $500. So if you uh, flake out on making the payments, they have your $500 anyway. So it's no risk to them. But you have a record of paying back uh, the money, even though it's only $500. So let's say it takes you six months to pay that back. Well, there is one credit card that you now have proof that you were able to pay it back. Uh, And then utilities. Uh, I'm sorry. sorry. Utilities doesn't say you have credit. Uh, It's uh, just getting uh, it's establishing credit when you have no credit. Now, the six thousand dollars worth of medical bills, you know, creditors, uh, they know people have medical bills. It's a crazy society that we have here. And uh, there are people who have fabulous credit, who have worked hard their whole lives, uh, a medical emergency hits, and all of a sudden $125,000 in medical bills. Let's say there's uh, open-heart surgery. Uh, Someone needs uh, an aortic valve uh, replaced, which I did. And I remember looking at the bill. It was $125,000 to replace my valve. $125,000. No, but I had insurance. I happen to have Kaiser insurance, and uh, I ended up paying a couple thousand dollars or whatever, and I could have cut a deal with them to pay it over time. So uh, everybody understands if you don't have policies like that, which is most of Americans, because you have huge deductibles, you have huge copays, uh, 20% stuff, it's crazy. Uh, I think that, number one, you can get credit. 
uh, by establishing uh, that credit card at the bank by putting in money into a secured account. Uh, you can go to a car dealer, one of these uh, car dealers, and pay a lot of money. But if buy here, pay here. I'm sorry. A buy here, pay here type of place would be made maybe better. Uh, I'm no. only looking to get like a three thousand dollar car. No, you know, yeah, yeah. You, uh, you first of all, you don't go to one of those uh, loan places because you're going to be paying two hundred, three hundred, four hundred uh, percent interest. You can't do that, and you have to pay it back very quickly. Uh, just look right. around at car dealers. Uh, obviously, used car dealers. Uh, and if they're going to sell you a $3,000 car, this is not the top-of-the-line car dealership. Also, what do you do with a $3,000 car? Uh, and I'm talking about the repairs. I'm talking about maintenance. It has to be astronomical. All right, here we go again. Another major data breach. Orbitz, uh, the travel booking platform, uh, they announced a breach. It may have compromised 880,000 customers. Credit card numbers, uh, this was 2016 and 2017. Hackers may have also stolen names, dates of birth, gender, phone numbers, addresses, and a few used orbits in the last two years. Oh, are you sweating bullets? And you should. There are so many threats in today's connected world, and it just takes one weak link for criminals to get in. So how do you protect yourself? Well, let me tell you what I have done for the last uh, decade, and that is I've been a customer of LifeLock. And my entire family, incidentally, because everybody is susceptible individually. And so what LifeLog does is protect your identity and also has added the power of Norton Security. Uh, so it protects your identity, your devices also. And if you have an identity problem, they have agents that will work to fix that problem. Now, no one can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor every transaction at every business. But the new LifeLock with Norton Security is the top of the line. I mean, I'm such a fan. Call 800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code HANDLE for an additional 10% off. That's your first year, 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE, or go to lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE. This is HANDLE on the law. Darkness right in front of me, oh, it's calling out, and I won't walk away. I would always open up the door, always looking up behind the walls, want to see it all. All right, KFI HANDLE here. It is a uh, Saturday, our, what? Up until 11 o'clock. And welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. All right, John, your turn. Hello? Yes, sir. Hey, Bill? Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I had a court date, uh, Department 64, this week at Metro Courthouse here in uh, downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. And I completely forgot about it, completely missed it. I checked some paperwork today. And I was like, holy cow, so uh, what happens now? Do I have an FTP or FTA? Yeah, there's probably, there's probably a warrant, but you go in uh, like tomorrow or uh, Monday and okay. just walk into court and tell the clerk, uh, I miscalendared, uh, and it was last Friday, and uh, I want to come in and deal with it. And they'll let you sit in front of the judge. They'll remove the uh, failure to appear instantly, and you just have to deal with the ticket. That's it. Do I currently have a bench warrant now? Like, yeah, probably, um, probably, but it doesn't so matter. It clears, no, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's uh, it goes that quickly because you did it on Friday. It is the weekend, and so you're yeah. It's probably not even in the system. But go oh, okay. in, but go in on Monday and just say, hey, I miscalendered. And, and people make mistakes, and if yeah. you walk in to clear it up immediately, uh, there's there's no issue. 
Okay, great. Okay. And, and, and so the key word is Miss Calendar. I would. Okay. I mean, that's okay. just it. Or you could say you forgot. I mean, either way, it works. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it just sounds better uh, if you just say, hey, I just uh, I thought it was next week uh, or whatever. Okay. Right, right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I would do. Uh, and then what is a judge going to say? I mean, come on, really? Oh, yes. Patty, Patty. Hello, Patty. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Well, I go to my dentist every six months, get cleaning, whatever work needs to be done, done. So I had to change to a new dentist because of insurance. And I, to- I was told I had $15,000 worth of uh, co-pays. For work that needs to be done. You're talking about with so a new, with a new, to, with a new dentist. Yes. Okay. I asked them to get the records and X-rays from the old office, which they did. So I went back in for another appointment, and it showed that this work had been needed to be done for a long time, and had been neglected, and I was never told. Okay. So uh, this is easy. Okay. It looks like we have medical malpractice. Couple questions. Uh, has, uh, will the new dentist say that the $15,000 that you need now could have been averted had the old dentist simply done the work when he should have been, uh, when he should have done it? Yes. Okay. So with that in mind, you've got a $15,000 case ostensibly. Now, uh, the old dentist did work, right? Yes. I mean, there is some value yes. to what he did. Uh, but what he missed was fifteen thousand dollars. Is uh, is the claim? Well, actually, thirty thousand. Oh, then that's where if it's because thirty. Because my copay is fifty. Okay, then you're uh, well. You're you're only going to be responsible for your copay because if you sue for thirty, right, right. Uh, then you have to return right. the fifteen thousand dollars to uh, the insurance company. Yeah, it's time to right. talk to a dental malpractice attorney. There's pl- plenty of them. Uh, the problem is oh, okay. is that for thirty thousand dollars. I think that's worth it uh, because it's one of those. I, I wish it was a hundred thousand dollars. Then you can get a lawyer. I <laughs> no. wish. I wish you were talking. I wish you were talking to me with no teeth, uh, and uh, it's all the fault of a uh, of a doctor. And you're, you're you know you're all shrunken in on your uh, your cheeks, and you look 150 years old. That would be a better case uh, legally. But you know what are you going to do? Uh, definitely right. a dental malpractice attorney. You, you get to start looking around and, and start talking to people who have sued dentists before. All right? Oh, okay. Okay, sounds like a, a decent case. Uh, it's just how much, what does, a dent, what does a lawyer do when fighting a dentist for malpractice? There is insurance on that part. Well, you know, chances are there probably be a settlement. Yeah, yeah, I think a, a lawyer would do it. Fair enough. This is Handle on... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The law. All right. Uh, can't buy. Handle here. And it is uh, time for more Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Karen. Hello, Karen. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. 
Hi, I live in a condo community. My mother-in-law lives with us. Um, about 10 years ago, the HOA started requir- requiring parking permits. However, my mother-in-law's car has handicap plates, and she has parked in that parking lot for all this time without any issues. Recently, within the in, past... Wait a second. In the handicap parking uh, space or in no, the general park? It's, it's just general. Okay. All of it is just general parking um and she's you know been parking there she she parks right next to where our stairs are because she has to use a walker so she you know can get to her car without too much assistance um they in the last month they've given her two tickets the last ticket was on friday you know check that it does not have a parking permit why does she just get a parking permit well we we did have one for another car of ours but my my question is, when I look up the vehicle code, it says that one of the privileges of having a handicap plate or placard is that you can park in a residence area that requires a parking permit. Yeah, but residence area it. is not an HOA. It's not a condo. Residence area is on a just a, a public street that happens to be in a residence area. And it's what it says, permit parking only, you're allowed to park there. In, with a placard, and uh, there's, uh-huh. uh, and then there's no issue. But in a private uh, com- com- uh, community like a HOA, they can, as a matter of fact, say you need a parking permit. That's all there is to it. You got to get a you, you you have to get a parking permit. But how much are they, Karen? How much do they charge for parking permit? Well, <laughs> the first one is thirty dollars. Okay. And- and we got it. All right. But someone stole it out of our car. All the right. Then get it. Next then, day. No, then, so we went to get another one, and they're like, oh, well, now it's $100. Wait a minute. To replace the parking permit is $100 when there's still yes. time left on the $35 one? Yeah, because it's a, it's, I have the whole year. They oh, no, 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 no. They can't do that. All they can do is charge a nominal fee for replacing the parking placard and, like, the cost of replacing it. Uh, no, 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 they can't do that. You have to go in front of the board and say you can't charge $100 to replace a parking placard. I mean, that's completely crazy. Well, I think their thought is I'm not telling the truth. Well, then <laughs> go in front of the board. a second one. Well, uh, then you, you have to argue. You say no, no. And is that an arbitrary figure they're coming up with? It, that's just how it always has been. If, if, if yeah, no, 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 lose you lose or no, no, not for unless it's always been. If you lose it or it's stolen, it costs a hundred dollars to replace it, and it's yes. al- it's always been there. Well, yeah, you're gonna. Uh, how did it get stolen? Was the car unlocked? It must have been. Uh, my husband um, put it in his car, and I'm assuming he because there wasn't any. Yeah, it didn't look like anyone well, tried to give me anything. Well, if they've been charging everybody a hundred dollars uh, forever for replacement, yeah, they could probably get away with it. So what she has to do is uh, you and and she have to go into the board meeting and ask for a waiver because she's old, she's decrepit, she can barely walk, she needs to be there with the walker. I'd have her fall down a couple of times. <laughs> Uh, and just uh, make it as miserable for them to not feel sorry for her. Ragged, okay. ragged clothes. Is she uh, overweight or is she pretty thin? Uh, no, she's a little overweight. Oh, that doesn't help because yeah, I was going to ask you to go in with like tattered clothing and look <laughs> like she's starving to death. But that that's what I would do. Uh, Steve, uh, you're up. Hello, Steve. Hi. So I went to a hospital uh, for a very specific specific uh, procedure. Um, I gave him all the paperwork that we have. We told him exactly what it's for. 
Um, they ended up doing some extra testing that has, uh, I don't want to say nothing to do with it, but it doesn't help what I went in for. Um, so they added, they, so after insurance and all that, they, you know, want me to pay uh, $2,000. I had to go to another hospital to actually get the procedure that are those tests and services that I wanted done. Um, and, you know, when I showed them the, um, previous hospitals paperwork that they, you know, all the results from the test, they even, even they said, I don't, you know, this doesn't help us at all. And what do you mean? It doesn't help you at all. It doesn't help them at all. In what way are they disputing well, saying we did everything right? Oh, uh, well, the, the, fir- the first place is saying that, you know, uh, that they did everything right. But, uh, I mean, it, I mean, I'm trying not to get into specifics. But, yeah, but okay, but um, you're saying that you yeah. disputed what they did. What they did is uh, a medical procedure that you didn't, you didn't agree for them to do, and they want money, right? Yeah, they, they did. Yeah, they did extra testing. I didn't. We didn't agree to. All right. So, and uh, and, and and what are we talking yeah. about? You're saying nine hundred dollars at this point, right? No, it's two thousand dollars. But oh, okay. Um. So I've I've formally disputed with them. It's been like three or four months that we've gone. We're currently in with their dispute department but they throw into collections all right so here's what you do you call them uh the dispute uh, department and tell them get it away from collections until we figure this out if we're going through the process of disputing this and working this out why are you at the same time giving it to a collection agency that is harassing me that may ding my credit come on guys uh, and there may very well be some damages uh, if they are negotiating with you and at the same time uh, going through uh, collection, uh, giving it over to collections. It could be that they just automatically give it to collections. Uh, it could be that uh, there is, it either fell through the cracks. I can't imagine it's policy for them to send it off to collections while a dispute is going on. And you want to talk to just someone at the hospital. If you have to go all the way up to uh, the director of the hospital, that office, uh, you you may want to do that. Just start going. Do I just, need a, I'm sorry. I said, do I need to send something to uh, a collection agency? Uh, no, you well? want you want th- just say yes. We're in dispute right now, and at the same time, uh, contact the uh, the director of the hospital. We'll see how far up you can go. So let the collection agency know you're doing that. Ask the hospital to pull back the collection until such time or while the dispute is going on and you got to figure it out and this is the director of the hospital okay okay all right that's what i would do because i can't imagine uh, it had to fall through the cracks maybe not who knows um miles hello miles hello yes i have a bankruptcy question i uh, so uh Hello? Yes, I'm listening. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so I owe $10,000 on my current car, and I have a, a bill for, for another credit card. Uh, um, it's only a couple hundred, but it's, it's a collection. And then I also have, uh, which I'm keeping up to on my payments, and, and a personal loan. Uh, I don't know exactly how would you call it, but I got I got physical cash. I didn't get anything else. And my question is, um, if I'm unable to pay, you know the the my my loan in the car for the car i already got an extension but i just don't think that you know I all right so what, what's your what's your question so how, how, can i declare bankruptcy yeah and you could can, but they're gonna they're gonna take the car anyway okay okay but and the bankruptcy also, is worse i think than just letting them take the car and, but i also wanted to see like what, what that would what that have wiped out my uh my uh 
my collection bill and my uh, personal loan. Yeah, if they take the car, uh, yeah, you uh, wipe out all the bills that you are owed. You get a, sl- a clean slate. Problem is that you now start your clean slate with a bankruptcy on your record, so you can kiss credit goodbye for a while. Well, I'm I'm still young, so I'm not worried too much. Right, yeah, it. you can do that. But the other thing is, uh, what? How much money do you earn, Miles? Uh, well, I, I would say I earn a little bit of average, but the thing is, I have three kids. So yeah, how you much? Know, I, how much money do you earn? I would say about close to two thousand a month. Well, you could. You own twenty five. You so you earn twenty four twenty four thousand dollars a year, right? Around there, yeah. Okay, and is that net or is that that has to be net? Can't be gross, right? Uh, that's a that's a uh, as gross as after taxes, right? Yeah, uh, no, that's net after taxes. Okay, then that's net. Uh, yeah, they may let you go bankrupt for that. It was. It's a question of how much you earn, how much you can pay. The argument of three kids. Yeah, you may want to talk to a bankruptcy attorney. Maybe, or you can cut a deal with one of those consumer agencies, nonprofit consumer agencies, and you want to do your research. Uh, Well, they start negotiating on your behalf the credit. So they'll work with uh, the car, for example, and extend the payments out uh, Uh for a very long time. The personal loan, uh, what does that mean, the personal loan? You borrowed it from somebody, a friend? No, no, uh, from an actual financing company. Oh, great. And you, you borrowed how much? Uh, I borrowed five, but I'm already down to twenty seven. Twenty seven hundred. Yes. Okay. You can probably uh, they'll probably help you with that to extend that out. Uh, although the interest rates may be so astronomically high that yeah, that's uh, a, that's the thing. I don't want to be but, doing these astronomical insurance. Uh, right. No. But you have no choice. But you have no choice. You bought it. I mean, you. Uh, inter- well, that's why I'm calling you. you no, I, I get it. So you want yeah, you want to talk to one of those consumer agencies that help you, consumer credit agencies. And you have to look okay. to make sure it's not a scam. But they're, uh, the good ones, the nonprofit ones, can help you. And that's where you go at this point. Before you go to bankruptcy, before you talk to a bankruptcy attorney, that's what you do. All right, let me tell you about Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe, uh, and a friend of mine just got it, got, his, got the system. My, my daughter has a system in her house uh, or her rental, my place, as she rents, air, air quotes. And uh, I, we put in Simply Safe Home Security. It's prepared for anything gets thrown at it. If a storm takes out your power, if an intruder cuts your phone line, uh, let's say your keypad or siren is uh, is destroyed, Simply Safe still works. It's there to help you to get the help you need. And okay, that's overkill. But it goes to show you the way these people think. And they're talking about worst case scenario, which I've never heard anybody having that. But uh, this is what makes Simply Safe Home Security System so great. It's always ready. It doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Uh, it's actually so reasonably priced, and you install it yourself. And it took me half an hour to install my uh, daughter's system, and uh, I can't even work a thermostat. And uh, 24-7 professional security monitoring is only fourteen ninety nine a month, and there are no contracts. That's what makes it so great. So obviously, I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know. You ask me about home security, it's Simply Safe. Go to simplysafehandle.com, simplysafehandle.com, protect your home and your family today. Simplysafehandle.com. This is Handle on the Law. Set me free. here back we go more handle on the law marginal legal advice 
Uh, Julia. Hi, Julia. You're up. Welcome. Julia, you there? Did I just do something here? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, pressing the wrong button. Hey, AJ. Hello, AJ. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. Yeah, hi. Hi, hi Bill. I, I have a two-part question regarding uh, finding a small claims lawsuit. I reside locally here in L.A., and uh, I want to sue a Nevada-based LLC. However, when I did a search, the person resides also in California. The first question is, do I sue in L.A., in the local, my local yeah, jurisdiction? I mean, you can. Yeah, you can, but it depends on whether uh, you're allowed to serve out of state. And uh, just a lot of jurisdictions say no, and it's some say yes, a few, some say no. It's difficult. Uh, the easiest way, of course, is to sue in Nevada. And uh, But you have to fly there, and it's a mess. You can ask for damages for the flight. I don't know. Uh, what's your second question? So uh, the answer okay. is you have to ask the court whether you can uh, – you can certainly file because that's one of the rules uh, that you can file where the contract took place, where you reside – uh, and, or where so internet purchase? Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. And where in there? Well, it doesn't matter if they're in Nevada. It's still you know a legitimate contract. How much did you lose on this? Fifteen hundred. Uh, what were you buying? Uh, it was a service that they had a thirty day money back for a course. And uh, what what happened was after two three days, I found out that it's it's, it's a scam. And then I asked them for money back, uh, and then they said, "No, we're not going to do it." Don't bother. And then don't bother. I find the claim. Don't bother, okay. Julia. You're, I, I mean, don't bother, uh, AJ. You're never gonna get. You're never gonna see your money. Well, well, I, I still want to file it. Why? Now, the second part is because I know I'm gonna win. Yeah, but you're never gonna see your money. I, okay. You're never gonna get money with scammers. Uh, there's no way. Well, it's you not are... a scam. It's, it's a corporation, but it's, it's an LLC. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Was... It doesn't matter. It's a Nevada LLC. That's for starters. And it's okay. very difficult to go against companies in Nevada. That's why people, so many people go to Nevada to start companies. Also, uh, scammers, uh, they scam you. They're not set up. Well, it's, well, you know, the, the reason I say scam is because they had a 30-day money back. And then as soon as I filed a claim with my credit card, they went and they, 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 they changed their policy. Well, okay, you can try. Uh, it sounds to me when someone breaches like that and it's an Internet course – uh, it smells to me like scam, scam, scam. What was the course? What were they going to teach you? It, it, it was about Amazon. How to work Amazon? Amazon? Hmm. Yes. All right. Well, go ahead and sue them. Uh, you can the, sue the, me. The, go ahead. The second, the second part is if I do file a small claim, so I file it against the person or against the LLC? The LLC. The LLC. The LLC. That's it. Okay, thank you so much, Bill. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right. It's a company that uh, sold you the uh, the course. I'm very, very leery of courses like that where you pay money and they teach you things, uh, in this case, how to work Amazon. In other cases, how to deal with real estate, how to flip houses, you know, that sort of thing on the Internet. Mm, yeah, it doesn't doesn't work very well. All right. Real, real quick. Uh, Julia, going to be last call of the hour. Hello, Julia. Uh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I was wondering what your opinion is of a reverse mortgage for people over 62 on a fixed income. Uh, yes. And how much equity do you have in your home? It's about 200000 Okay. Yeah, you can go there. So what is your – I think it very well could be a, a, a good idea depending on uh, your circumstances. And, uh, yeah, you don't want to leave money to the kids because they're a bunch of near-do-well – Ingrates. Well, I have money for them anyway. Oh, all right, mean, yeah, so. yeah. You can. No, it makes it makes sense. I, but this, what you need to do is talk to a financial person. 
Uh, oh, okay. When you talk to me uh, about uh, money, uh, I, whenever I have a money issue, I go to an expert because I'm not a money issue. Well, I didn't know if it was a scam or not. Yeah, well, not if you can know. Uh, reverse mortgages are not scams. Uh, now, uh-huh. there are there may be. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brokers who charge insane amounts of interest uh, and set you up and get crazy kickbacks. But if you go to a major bank, for example, and say, let's talk okay. about reverse mortgages. If you go to those, uh, you, those are totally legitimate and uh, there is no issue about that. All right. This is Handle on the Law. Right here till 11 o'clock uh, every Saturday, followed by Leo Laporte from 11 to 2, and then Neil Saavedra from 2 to 5 with uh, the Fork Report. That's our morning and midday uh, programming here on KFI. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right, the Montecito mudslides have cost insurance companies more than $421 million in claims. A lot of these homes in Montecito were and are a fortune. Uh, this is where Oprah Winfrey lives. This is where Ellen uh, DeGeneres lives. I mean, this is very high-end property. So you can imagine as these homes were wiped out uh, and businesses were wiped out, it was just a fortune. Now, here is the spin on this. Most homeowners don't have flood, flood or mudslide insurance. And Insurance Commissioner Jones said not to worry because uh, Dave Jones said, while you don't have flood insurance, we don't consider this flood damage because of a flood. We consider the proximate cause of the damage, the fire that the Thomas fire that caused the destruction of all of the ground coverage. So when the rains came, had the ground cover, had the, uh, had the, the bushes, the trees that were burned up, had they still been there, you wouldn't have had mud, mud, you wouldn't have these mudslides. So he ruled as insurance commissioner that the proximate cause was the fire. And guess what? Everybody has fire insurance. So, it's all covered. There are people, a lot of happy campers. I don't have flood insurance. 
don't know if I can get flood insurance. Why would I want flood insurance? How many floods do we have? Well, probably Montecito said the same thing. All right, let's go ahead and take some phone calls. Uh, Gina. Hello, Gina. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Um, I have a safety deposit box at my local bank. Once I die, will my heirs listed in my trust have any problems accessing it? How old are you? 74. Oh, you sound older than that, interestingly <laughs> enough. I thought you were about to die today. Uh, will you have any air, uh, any problem with the heirs? Uh, uh, probably not. They show up with a death certificate and uh, maybe the will or the trust, and they're allowed to open it. Someone's allowed to open that. But why don't you just, uh, is there anybody you trust, by the way? Yeah, my son. Then why don't you just have him on the safe deposit box with you, and then it doesn't matter. Oh, well, I was told that he had to belong to the same bank. No, that's a bunch of BS. That's a bunch of BS. You can put his name on the, on, the, on your safety box as long as you're paying. It doesn't matter. As long as you're paying uh, the safe deposit box and you're a customer, uh, someone's giving you a bunch of crap. Just put his name on it, that he has access to it. Access to It doesn't matter if you're dead. doesn't matter if you're alive. doesn't matter if you're incapacitated. Nobody cares. He's going to go into the box. He's going to clean out everything that you have, of which a son should do, rip off mom and rip off all the other heirs. Uh, that's, that's exactly what I did and do, so it works out fine. Just, yeah, you have to be a customer of the bank to be a signatory. I guess it's somebody wanting uh, an additional uh, customer in there or, and get some kind of spiff, a bank employee saying, if you bring another customer, you get $25 or whatever. Hello, David. Hello, David. Welcome. David, are you there? All right. George. Hi, Bill. Yes. Uh, my partner and I got married. And well, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Your partner and you? What's your partner's name? Dave. Yes! <laughs> yeah, thanks, uh, Bill. Well, as the leading up, leading up to uh, us getting married, we wanted to go to Europe. We couldn't afford the tickets to fly there, but we made reservations and paid for our lodging in Europe based on the fact that our friend um, said that he would give us free tickets because he... He was getting uh, an airline job as a flight attendant. So the day before, um, he supposedly was going to give us tickets. It never came through. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I got it. Yes. All right. So uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. Uh, Sure. Question number one. uh, Other than you and Dave saying that your friend uh, did say that, is there anybody else is there any writing? Did you have any witnesses? Uh, well, he was part of the the ceremony, and everybody knew about it. Okay, so everybody uh, knew everybody knew that that was going to be his present to you. Correct. Okay, so if uh, you go to court, for example, and uh, the friend denies he ever said that, or is a misunderstanding, or said I will try to do it. Uh, there will be people uh, that would say, that would testify, that's absolutely not true. Uh, the absolutely. friend said he would, okay, so that helps a lot. Now, uh, have you requested a refund from the hotel? No, we did not, because we went ahead. Other friends gave us money for the tickets for the flight, and so we went anyways. So, okay, now here's your problem. You, you have no damages. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the problem. Your friend is clearly not a friend. The guy's a jerk. Uh, but you haven't been damaged. You went ahead and got the trip uh, anyway as a wedding gift. Even though the friends gave us the money, but we paid it on our credit card. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You uh, you oh. ended up not. You ended up getting your trip. Exactly what your jerk friend promised he would do didn't. But you got it. You you have it done anyway. So uh, George, the only thing you do is never call your friend again a friend because he's a jerk. All right, uh, Mike. There you are. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Mike, you there? What am I missing here? Yes, go ahead. Thank you very much. Uh, we're a few, few people that I think could help. You're the whistleblower on uh, excessive government spending, fraudulent. Yeah, not going to. Uh, Mike, Mike, no, no. You're talking about in general, you are not part of a specific organizations part of a specific department that is spending money uh and doing it uh in a criminal way you're just talking about big picture uh well uh we're specifically about the uh, orange county uh social uh social worker system okay so uh what what are you going to whistle blow on what do they do what do they do to you what criminality took place well, basically, uh, a while uh, uh, years ago, my kid uh, ran out into the neighborhood naked for five minutes, and the cops, uh, a neighbor called, called the cops on us, and they charged us with the uh, disturbance of peace. Yes, and where then that that lawsuit that lawsuit was uh, dismissed, fought off. We're not we're we're not guilty of that, but then we were pushed to the child uh, the family court system. For years, okay, we burn a lot of time and spend yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, Mike, Mike, there's no whistle, blow, there's no whistle blowing there. No whistle blowing. No, nothing you can do. Well, there isn't. You know, years ago in, in the LA, LA County family court system, they cracked down on uh, okay. you know having cases open unnecessarily. Right, but that was yeah, but there was no whistle. There was there was no whistle blowing. There was no whistleblowing. There's there's nothing there, Mike. You know, you're pissed off, I understand, uh, but there's nothing there. All right, this is Handle on the Law. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Hello, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. So my question for you is that um, every every morning I wake up and I walk to my car and it's completely covered in water by my neighbor's sprinklers who walk, 
and the sprinklers go off every morning, and I've requested that they turn down the pressure or change the direction of the sprinkler head, and they just give me the go. They just say, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right, every so they morning. don't do it. So uh, yeah, no. any damage? Yes, yes. So it's beginning to create Ooh. permanent damage Whoa. on my so he, deposit. So what? What? Is it going to cost you, and you get to you get to find out what it's going to cost you to repaint the entire car, which is thousands of dollars. And I would send your neighbor an email if you have it, or if not, hand him uh, a letter, or even better, send a registered letter to him and say uh, you could stop it right now. I'm getting damage on my car. Uh, you get to pay for repainting my car when I sue you in small claims court. Turn down the you, water. You, You'd go as far as to say small claims court. Oh yeah, even... absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's gonna. I mean, uh, what does it cost to paint a car? I mean, do a good professional job. Three thousand, four thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't even think my car's worth that much. It doesn't matter. It that. doesn't matter if it's 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 a question of you get to repaint your car. So uh, yeah, I would let them know. Let them know that that's what you're going to hit them with for sure. Uh, hello, David. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Andrew, how are you doing? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Okay, uh, quick question. It's an old situation. Um, I was 16 years old, kind of a knucklehead. I was already on probation. Got arrested for three felonies. Uh, Ooh, which, what three felonies? Uh, attempted murder one, attempted murder two, and a gang enhancement to go along with that. Ooh, those are pretty serious. And you were 16, right? Yeah, I was 16. The offense happened when I was 14. Now, I fall under PC 186.2, which is I wasn't the, I, I didn't do it. However, I was associated All right. with a gang. But you were tried, uh, you pled guilty uh, as a juvenile, correct? Yes, sir. All right, now, well, that, sa- that saves your ass. All right. Oh, big time. Yeah. Um, during my 707 hearing, uh, my fitness hearing, basically they wanted to determine if I was fit to stay in juvenile court or if I was going to go to adult court. Um, our lawyer that we paid $10,000 for advised us to take the plea bargain. Now, there was no evidence against me. There was no gun. Yeah, but here's no but yeah, David, David, here's the problem uh, is if you're going to go back and say that was bad advice, uh you've got a, a really hard row to hoe because that is the attorney's that was the attorney's advice based right. on on the way he viewed the case. And even right. if even if another attorney said I wouldn't do it or in front of a judge let's say you're suing the attorney and uh, the judge said I wouldn't do it. However, it was competent advice. And in his judgment, you should have pled guilty. You want to know something? You're screwed. Right. And and I understand that. My question is, the advice that he gave us towards the, I guess, the logic as to why we need to sign a plea bargain, that we found out later was false, legally. Um, I went through to the uh, law library while I was, I did five and a half years in the California Youth Authority. Yeah. And when you know well, what? I was in there. You, you, so what you're saying, it wasn't just a judgment call on his part. It was pure malpractice. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. And you know what? I, I don't know what happens on that because uh, you you basically would have to prove that you would have been acquitted. See, that's the, that's the hard part is okay. uh, if you go to trial – 
you have to prove that uh, that it would have gone your way, and you don't know that. But David, I certainly—you know what? I would call an attorney. I would call a malpractice attorney just to see where you okay. stand on that one, because. Uh, and I don't know, are there money damages? Maybe spending five years in uh, the juvenile uh, uh, court system, in the jail system, uh, that maybe as a matter of law, you would not have at all. In other words, there is no chance that you would have gone to jail under the circumstances. Then you have a hell of a case. Other than that, I, I think you've got some real issues. But it, I, I got to tell you, I'd make that phone call to a malpractice Definitely. attorney. Go to handleonthelaw.com. Uh, you want to go to malpractice, legal malpractice attorneys, and there's a lot of them out Alrighty. there. All right? Okay. Yep, that's fun. Six, four, 16 years old, right? Felony, attempted murder, and uh, what were the other fun ones? Uh, attempted murder, conspiracy to murder, I, I don't know. Gang yeah, gang enhancement. That's a fun one, too. Uh, yeah. Th- this, this is the crowd I want my kids to uh, hang around with. I, you know what? I'm hoping he's single, and maybe one of my daughters will marry him. This is Handle on the Law. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. is handle on the law marginal legal advice hello erica you're up welcome to yes ma'am thanks for taking my call okay really fast i am the beneficiary one of six beneficiaries in a living trust or trust i don't know what it's called Okay, so from the paperwork I read, it seems you have 120 days to dispute your gig or you sign the nice release form. So what I'm wondering is, does the trust manager guy have to wait for everybody to sign their release forms before he starts distributing the funds? Yeah, pretty much. Now, what what can happen is, uh, and they normally do. However, what they can do if one of the parties refuses or just goes way beyond... Uh, if there's six people involved, what he can do is uh, simply divide everything six ways and write five of them out. And then you've got uh, the last beneficiary screaming and contesting you shouldn't have written out the check. But there's something called a clean hands doctrine. You have to come into any kind of a dispute or a case with clean hands. And to argue you shouldn't have distributed, but I wouldn't sign allowing you to distribute. See, that is in violation of the clean hands doctrine. So I don't know where he's going to go. So I think the short answer is, yep, sure can. 
Okay, one other quick question. There is a specifically disinherited daughter. How yes. How could she throw herself into the work? She can. She just files a contest. And, okay. uh, and what ends up happening is uh, it will be dismissed. If she's crazy enough to go to trial, she will. Uh, she's going to have to argue legally that it was a mistake or there was duress when the trustor wrote the trust, that is, whoever put the money in. Uh, it's... There's how much money are we talking about, Erica? Um, I, I'm like the smallest little person outside all of the drama, so ultimately I don't really know. So you don't know how big a, a deal it is in terms of uh, I, I, it's it's millions. Whether it's over three million. Okay, maybe? so uh, if if she is equivalent to everybody else and she's been disinherited, uh, it's fair to argue that she would get hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, is that a pretty good assumption? Uh, if she was able to prevail, but... No, no, but I'm saying, uh, that's right. If she was able to prevail, she would get hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is that a yes. fair statement? She's She is yes. going to contest the will. She will okay. contest the trust. You bet she will. She'll hire a lawyer, and she'll throw herself in. She will lose. She will lose. And I think uh, it will be, attorney's fees will be awarded against her because the estate is going to have to pay for an attorney to represent the estate to fight her, which is why usually there's a settlement of some kind. Because okay. then what happens is the estate, let's say someone uh, is arguing for $500,000, which that person would have gotten if had, if had not been disowned, right, disinherited. Well, yes. uh, the estate turns, lawyer says, take $100,000 and walk away. That's typically what happens. So, okay, so, and this disinherited daughter would have received all the same paperwork that the beneficiaries received? No, I don't think so. No. She's just disinherited. She has nothing to do with it. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, I would... Uh, uh, the, the trust uh, tre the trustee should send it to her just to say, hey, you've been disinherited uh, in case she starts screaming and saying, I want my money. Go, hey, listen, you're gone. Here's the trust. Ciao, baby. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, always. Family going after money. Always, always, always. Vincent. Hello, Vincent. Welcome. Hi, Bill. Good morning. Yes, sir. Um, my question is, uh, I'm wondering if I could sue my neighbors in small claims court and prevail. Um, I live in a neighborhood here in Southern California. My neighbors own two large macaw-types birds, and uh, they keep them in a big wooden box in the backyard. The birds screech out um, pretty much all day long, and it not only bothers myself, but it bothers the surrounding neighbors, which I have statements from. Um, to be spiteful, my neighbors who own the birds uh, took out a temporary restraining order against myself, uh, made up a few lies in order to get the restraining order. And uh, when we got to court, uh, I hired an attorney to, to represent myself uh, so it doesn't turn into a restraining order. Right, uh, and, I assume, and I assume you won that, right? I, I did, sir. All right, and what's your question? And, well, I'm wondering if I could recoup the cost. Yeah, I think so. I'd sue them. I'd sue them. Especially if the argument it was a frivolous restraining order, and they were Absolutely. the one, they were the ones that in fact uh, caused all the problems. What was it? What would? What did they argue in terms of getting the restraining order? What was the accusation against you? Yes, sir. They, well, there were three big lies. The one that stood out the most was that I took aim at their children three times, which were in the street playing. Take aim in uh, terms of with your car. Yes, sir. Oh, right. and so what? And so they wanted a restraining order to keep you off the street. You couldn't drive. 
Uh, no, they wanted this restraining order for harassment. Oh, yeah, um, it's, um, yeah, I would sue them. Thank you, and sir. I'd kill the birds. <laughs> that's why no, God, that's why that. God invented pellet guns. You know that. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yep. Though. All right. Thanks. Just thought I'd tell you that, and I'm sure I'm going to get uh, one or two emails from bird lovers all over the place. You know, I get more emails, incidentally, from uh, animal lovers when I say kill, insert name of animal here, because that's the way you can take care of it, than kill your wife, as opposed to divorcing her, because it's just way cheaper to to, uh, murder your wife. All right. You know, I actually had someone complain about that to the state bar for real. You give advice for people to kill their wives. What are you talking about? Well, I heard you say that. Yeah, do you have any idea what this show is about? It's marginal legal advice. Oh, killing your wife. Eh, that may not be so marginal. All right, uh, Victor. Yes. Well, I got a, uh, a problem. I need to know. Uh, we got into an accident uh, a couple of years ago. Um, the guy collected the money finally because it took a long time to settle. Uh, there was three people in the accident. There was someone rear-ended us. And... They couldn't settle with the guy in front of me. So finally they settled. The guy collected the money. We find out about it. And now the guy don't want to give us the money. You're talking about the lawyer? You're talking about the lawyer? Yes, the lawyer. Okay, how long has it been since the lawyer, have you settled the case and the check was issued to the lawyer? How long has that been? I think about six months already. Six months? Mm. You want to write the lawyer a letter saying, how come you haven't distributed? And he may very well say, I'm waiting for bills. I'm, uh, uh what is going on with all this? I have no idea. Are you, are you dialing here? Uh, there was something with my phone. Uh, anyway. Um, you have my, to, ask, and you have to ask the lawyer. Six months is not outrageous. But well, you want. And he said that now he's uh, suing my own. You know what? This isn't going to work. Uh, I'm not going to have this beeping going like this. Uh, That's all there is to it. This is Handle on the Law. I'm going to leave it all out there. 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 KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Uh, pleasure having you here. And this is Handel on the Law, marginal legal advice. Jody. Hello, Jody. Hi, Bill. I have a question for you about becoming a conservator for my aunt who's elderly and unable to take care of herself. Okay. So. I've done a little bit of research online, and I know that once you become a conservator, you can be paid as such. And yes. I don't care about that. Right. You but can, out of the estate, more, out of the estate more, of the conservatee. And so what do you care about? No, well, what I care about is how I get there. Um, I know there's a court proceeding to become a conservator. And does the estate also pay for that? Uh, yes, it should. It should reimburse you for the conservatorship. Yes, it does. 
and which means you can hire a lawyer. Well, first of all, let me ask you this. How much money is in the estate, Jody? Really no money. She has a partial interest in a house. Okay, so there's no money there. So you can try to do it on your own, and the only thing the court is going to question is, uh, is she really incapable of taking care of herself so you can do one of two things you can have a doctor make that determination she can agree to you being a conservator uh, or in some cases uh the you haul her into court and the judge gets to look at her especially if she's drooling and uh, calls uh, the judge uncle marty and asks him how he's doing then you have a pretty good shot at getting that conservatorship get her to a doctor. I mean, she's really refusing to do Well, again, else. how do you prove? You have to go in front of a court and you have to ask a judge to grant the conservatorship and how is the judge going to do that just on your word, Jody? Because once the conservatorship is granted, you have control of all of her uh, all of her assets. Any property she owns, you can sell. Any bank accounts she has, you can sign. And you can sign off and give it to yourself. And I mean, it's wide open for tremendous abuse. So there has to be some kind of control, Jody. Right. So if what kind of a doctor do you think I could get to go out there to make that observation? You can take her to a doctor. Why don't you take her to a doctor? You know what I would do uh, is... I would buy an hour of time from a probate and estate lawyer. Go on my website. Go to handleonthelaw.com and sort of do an email blast. Not sort of. Do an email blast to all of our probate and estate lawyers and say, I talked to Bill. He suggested a consult. How much will you charge me for an initial consult regarding a conservatorship? And then explain there's not a lot of money involved, uh, and you really need the advice. So to let them know that it really isn't a prelude to a $400,000 uh, legal fee case. Okay. Try Thank doing that so and much. see what happens. Yeah, maybe my lawyers will help. I don't know. They're a bunch of sleazeballs, too. But that's not them specifically. All of us. By definition, we all are. If you ever look at a law degree or you look at the license, which they all put on the wall, allowing any one of them or me to practice law, the word sleazeball is somewhere in there. I mean, I haven't looked carefully. Hello, Dell. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you. I'm calling in reference to a family law issue. Uh, a few years ago, uh, my wife of over a decade and I divorced. I had a child, a son, who is now 12. Uh, she moved from California to another state, has uh, only seen him once or twice, calls him infrequently. Um, and usually when she does, she just makes things worse. Now my son is 12, I'm remarried, and I'm wanting to file for full custody. I don't want anything from her. I just want, you know, my son and myself to have a nice, tranquil life. And are you not? Do you not have a tranquil life now? Does uh, does she come into your life occasionally? She comes in occasionally. She uh, fusses at at our son. Um, they've never had a close relationship. And as I told her, look, you know, you need to. If y'all gonna have a relationship, that's between you and him. It's not my job to be your public relations. Right. Person. All right. You know what? And I and I understand, but I'm throwing something at you immediately, Dell. And, and I understand completely where you're going, and I would do exactly the same thing. But uh, 
if you think that you getting full custody is somehow going to keep her away from your son, even with full custody, she gets visitation, which is probably more legally than what she's doing now, which means it's not going to help you at all. Because no court is going to give you custody and then say, and mom can't visit or mom is no longer involved in this kid, in your, in your son's life. So uh, what I'm saying is you could probably get full custody, especially if your son testified and talked about how mom wasn't around and it's much better for uh, your child that you have full custody, which you have anyway. Uh, as practical, uh, yeah. practical de facto, but it just yeah. doesn't. It just doesn't help you. I see what you're saying. You're at the same just, point. So, yeah. you, so you know what? You so, get to the point where uh, the kid gets older and older and says, "Mom, uh, you know, I love you. I don't want you in my life. I have no desire." Yeah. How about this one? Is it now? She can come to your house and you can say no. Now. What does she do at that time? She has to go to court and get a court order against you, allowing her to visit your child. Now, that is, I think, a sleazy thing to do because she's still mom. Yeah. Uh, Um, And she's entitled to visitation. But if she doesn't take advantage of it, how often does she uh, see your son? uh, The last time she saw him was a few years ago. Oh, geez. And what do you care? Why do you want? Well, why do you want custody? What difference does it make? Well, what I was thinking of was because of the fact when she does infrequently call, they usually get into an argument because he doesn't with want your, to with, go. with your with your son. Right. So tell him you don't have to talk to her. Just you say know, you know what I don't I don't want to deal with it. He's getting old enough to say to mom, you know what I don't want to talk to you, mom. She can't yeah. stick a gun to her head. She can't she can't go to court, and the court's going to order your son to talk to her. How about that one? Instead of you spending thousands of dollars with a lawyer and getting full custody that means nothing, you turn to your son and go, hey, why don't you not talk to your mom? What do you think? You're done. I just, yeah. saved, I just saved you thousands of dollars, my man. I'll send you a bill. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, you just have to get practical. I love practical, don't you? All right. This is Handle on the Law. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.